Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Hey, and welcome back to the show. This is an election year here in Toronto, and so I'm trying to sit down and talk to all the candidates for mayor to hear what they have to say about the condo market and related issues. So this week, I spent a few minutes talking to Olivia Chow. For all the show notes on this episode, go to truecondos.com slash Olivia. More on that in a minute, but first, once again, thank you to everyone who's listened, who's shared, who's reviewed this podcast. I really appreciate it. I've received a great response so far um, to this podcast. I've got about 10 episodes now. And um, the podcast has been featured in the new and noteworthy section of iTunes quite a bit. And so thank you very much for that. It's all because of your support. Oh, speaking of reviews, we did receive a couple more lately. Uh, the first review here is from someone with a uh, very creative name by uh, the name of Asians can be sexy too, believe it or not. Uh, but uh, their review says, I've greatly enjoyed the insights Andrew has provided to me over the years, as well as the expertise he brings to the table with his guests. It certainly helps me understand the complexities of real estate investing in Toronto. Keep up the great work and keep the podcast coming. Well, great. Thank you very much for that review. And another reviewer by the name of Marl App says, just listen to the podcast with Jared Menkes. Great information, and it, sounded, it sounds like Andrew is a natural at interviewing. So thank you very much for all your reviews and all your support for the show. If you'd like to leave a review, you can do so on iTunes. I made a video that shows you exactly how to do that, and you can watch the video once again on the show notes for this episode at truecondos.com slash Olivia. Okay, now to today's interview. I probably don't need to introduce Olivia Chow, but just in case you don't know who she is, Olivia is a former member of Parliament and a former Toronto City Councillor. She gave up her seat in Parliament earlier this year in order to run for Mayor of Toronto. She's also the widow of former NDP and federal opposition leader Jack Layton. Currently in the city of Toronto, there's a waiting list of about 170,000 people for affordable housing. However, there's just approximately one to 2,000 new affordable units being constructed each year. Olivia has recently announced that if elected mayor, she would create 15,000 new affordable housing units in her four-year term. So that would represent approximately a four-fold increase from the current rate of construction. So Naturally, I asked her about this ambitious plan, amongst other things. So check out all the show notes for this episode once again, truecondos.com slash Olivia. And here it is, my interview with Olivia Chow. How are you? How are you doing? Good. Thank you. Great. How's the campaign going? Really wonderful. <laughs> and uh, lots of energy and people really want change. Yeah. So I just thought it'd be an interesting question to ask, sort of, maybe you don't get asked this a lot, but... What's it like to run for mayor of Toronto? What is it like? What's it's it like? It's <laughs> fabulous because you get to see every corner of the city and there's lots of neighborhoods uh, that are just fabulous. And I get to talk to people of all different ages, uh, different background, mm -hmm. uh, living in different conditions and they are just marvelous. And 
there's all have this desire for change and that they are saying that it's time that we invest in people, um, especially seniors, young people and children. I'm hearing that over and over. Hmm. That's great. Great. So I know you've ran for different uh, offices in the past. How does how does this campaign compare to the other campaigns that you've been involved in? I mean, a, cam- it- a campaign is a campaign is no okay. different. <laughs> no difference at all. No, no, okay. Really. Um, now, obviously, this podcast is about the condo market. A lot of um, developers, condo investors, real estate agents listening to this show. What are your thoughts on the Toronto condo market? Everybody seems to have an opinion on it. It's it's always seems to be a hot topic. Uh, what are your thoughts on the condo market and on the development boom that is sort of never ending in the city? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm not a pundit. I can't project whether it's going to go up and down or whatever. I just know that uh, uh, that uh, the, it gives vibrancy, vibrancy in this, in an area I represented downtown for many years and that uh, in the Kings area for example mm-hmm. um, or Liberty Village um, the these new residents that are coming into the area uh, really create good energy um, it also means that more density means that they they don't necessarily have to drive to work a lot of them walk to work mm-hmm. which uh, or take TDC which really helps do you think that the condo development uh, is a good thing for the city? I mean, uh, some people development, think... Development is important, that we have, uh, that we built, we grow the city. As to what kind of uh, built form, uh, it depends on the area. It depends on what kind of amenities are, are, are connected with it. So planning, really, we need to follow the official plan. We need to make sure there's good uh, streetscapes uh, that people can connect with uh, and that there is social infrastructure and hard infrastructure in the neighborhood, whether it's uh, for shopping or for uh, community centers, uh, space, park, um, libraries, schools. All of those are social infrastructure that are important. As to hard infrastructure, we need the TDC, the public transit, uh, the kind of uh, hard infrastructure that would provide support for uh, a sense of com- to to move people faster and a sense of community. So all of those things combined are important. How do you see the role of transit's always a hot topic. How do you see the role of transit and development working together? Like wh- how do you see the the two connecting and, and ways that the city can help the development community and ways that the development community can help the city? Well, uh, having transit uh, is uh, critically important and so that people can move faster. And um, having more development means that there are people, you have the density. So if we are to build subways, we need to build it in areas that are very dense so that we don't end up subsidizing uh, the transit riders uh, extensively. Mm-hmm. Um, in places that are less dense, we will have a bus. In a medium density, then we will have a both-round light rapid transit. So um, density uh, and um, public transit are really connected. And what type of transit depends on how dense the area really is. Uh, so that's really the planning um, the chief planner 
-hmm. uh, working with uh, our public transit officials. Uh, basically, we'll have an official plan. The official plan will talk about the transit corridors, and we should then build according to uh, where the developments are happening. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk about something that's obviously big on your agenda and, and something you've talked about a lot in the past month or so is affordable housing. Yeah. Um, so currently there's a, a waiting list of approximately 170,000 people, from what I understand, mm -hmm. waiting for affordable housing in, in Toronto. So tell us about your plan to address this problem in the city. Well, it's important that we uh, make sure there's more affordable housing and uh, we could defer the development charges uh, for new buildings uh, that if the units are, let's say if 20% of the units are affordable, we'll defer the development charges for 10 years and we'll continue to defer development charges if the uh, units remain affordable. That would... Uh, make sure there's mixed income housing. Uh, we, it would also help build more rental housing. And as you know, the, some of the condominiums are rented, some of the units are rented out anyway. So this city needs uh, more rental housing. So I think that's one way to achieve it by uh, smarter density and, uh, uh, and better uh, you know, defer deferral of uh, development charges. Okay, so can you flesh that out a little bit? Like, how do you see that playing out? I, I know you, I've seen the number 15,000. Your, your, your target is 15,000 affordable units. Is that correct? In, in That's the, right. In, your, in the four years? That's right. Which would be, I guess, a major um, increase from what's being built right now. Mm -hmm. So how do you see it actually playing out? Um, what do you mean? Uh, well, if you can just flesh it out a little bit more in terms of uh, how, do you, how are you going to encourage such a big increase in the units. Um, I think I, I just answered it, that uh, the deferral of uh, property, as of development charges, right? So there's financial incentive for, for the developers, developers yeah, okay. to build. And also, uh, if we can speed up the uh, approval process, that also means money. Uh, and it's important to uh, make sure that... Um, uh, the approval process is not so excessively long. Right now, getting the zoning approved from application to final approval in city council takes many years. Mm -hmm. And also even just getting a building permit takes a long time. So mm -hmm. all of that can be sped up. Okay. So do you think that's enough to, I guess the problem with you know, developers that I speak to, it seems to be you know, just the, the lack of incentive, uh, financial incentive to build the affordable housing as opposed to building what they're used to building. Do um, you think that's enough to, to uh, encourage developers to make the switch from you know, building market housing and condos to affordable housing? Have you talked to them recently? Um, I believe that uh, I've, I spoke yeah. to, uh, especially people that built rental housing, uh, that they, they like the two-prong approach, faster approval, and uh, smarter zoning plus uh, uh, deferral of development charges. And they said the combination of uh, these, uh, these incentives, um, because time also means money. Mm -hmm. And they said, yes, that is uh, the way to go. Right. Yeah, because like you said, a lot of the development process, it can take many years to get through. And, and, and that's, that's slowdown is really costing developers money as well. Absolutely. 
you know, you, you've also said you're a big fan of the Regent Park model of development, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that you like about that model? And can you see that model being used in, in other areas of the city as Ab- well? Absolutely. If you've been to Spectrum, uh, it's spectacular. The new park, uh, it's just beautiful. And the aquatic center, uh, there's so much joy in the neighborhood right now and so much pride. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. And Regent Park used to be people, when they talk about Regent Park, they, they, they are worried about safety and all that. There's a really amazing tenants, a lot of talents living in Regent Park that hasn't been uh, celebrated enough. Now they have a good space like Spectrum to celebrate it. So Regent Park, uh, because of the redevelopment, uh, has a, a combination of um, uh, subsidized housing, uh, affordable housing and also condominiums. So that concept of mixed income housing in one neighborhood uh, really come from the co-op movement, which is the mixed income housing within a building. And we know it worked. Co-ops have been celebrated uh, since the 70s around the world. And we could go back to that, um, uh, that, that philosophy. And using that philosophy, Regent Park has been revitalized. And, uh, and as a result, also 500 jobs were created. So Alexander Park right now is going through the same process. The residents agreed to do right. so. So Queen and Spadina, Alex- Queen and Spadina. Alexander Park. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And Daniels did, uh, Daniels, the corporation, did yeah. uh, Regent Park. Tridell is now working on Alexander Park, mm-hmm. and Lawrence Heights is next. And right, context w- developments. Yeah. Absolutely. All of these three developers have uh, a very reputable. They've been in the market for a long, long time. They've done phenomenal amount of work. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's the way to the future. In the... Uh, prior to the 70s, in the mid-70s, there were a lot of buildings that were built by the Ontario government, right. which we call Ontario housing. Yes. They're basically uh, entire building of uh, subsidized housing. Right. And we know that model did not work. The city of Toronto, the old city of Toronto at the time, built a lot of mixed income housing called city homes, and they worked perfectly. So we just need to take these old models built by the old Ontario, the Ontario government, now downloaded to the city, revitalize them, make them mixed income neighborhood, put uh, social infrastructure on the ground, places for people to meet. Um, like Daniel Spectrum you alluded absolutely. to. Those types of uh, facilities that really can change the makeup of a neighborhood. Exactly. And... The condos uh, in, in, in the buildings that look at Liberty Village, they have retail on the ground. That's important. We can't go and build buildings without eye on the street. Retail on the ground makes sense. But there were lots of rental housing or subsidized uh, social housing, government housing that have been built that had no retail on the ground. So right. we need to completely renovate and, and renew those buildings. Right. That's great. Um, one last question before you go, just get you thinking a little bit here. You, mm-hmm. you get asked a lot of questions every day. Is there one question that no one has asked you yet, but that you wish they would? How do we build more bigger apartments, condos, 
so that families can live there. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of families that, you know, they started in a condo, one person, and they got connected and they got married. Yep. Two person, eh, maybe with a den is okay. Maybe one bedroom. But when the baby came... Where do you go? Where do you go? They don't right. want to move to Brampton because <laughs> they, they might work downtown. Yeah. They don't want to go buy a car if they want a car. They, they may even have a car. They don't want to bro- drive it every day and spend two hours commuting. Right. So how do we work together to have condos or, or rental housing that are bigger? How do we reverse the incentives that right now give financial um, incentive to build smaller units. I think that's really important because we have families. We want children to be able to live downtown too. Yeah, absolutely. On personal, no, and not yeah. downtown. I mean, all of the old city, all of the city of Toronto, places where there are yep. now condominiums and and high rise apartments. Yeah, on a personal level, totally agree with you that issue has come up time and time again on this podcast, talking to different developers, talking to Jennifer Keysmat. Um, it is a big issue and it's a big question that uh, everyone seems to be asking, but um, I think we need a lot more ideas around how to actually uh, solve the problem and get families back into the core and get, fa- get different options for families other than, you know, $800 million homes in the city, which, which, uh, you know, it's just not becoming not an option for most people now. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think there are some ideas out there. And you will get from me, if I am your new mayor, that this is one of the key areas I would focus in, in terms of uh, housing. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Olivia. Uh, I wish you all the best in the campaign and uh, appreciate uh, everything that you've uh, shared with us today. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, there you go. That was my interview with Olivia Chow. Once again, for all the show notes on this episode, head over to truecondos.com slash Olivia. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.